Imagine a world where healthcare is more accessible for everyone. A world where the digital front door in healthcare is wide open, inviting patients to step into a realm of convenience, better care and improved experiences. But to unlock this digital front door, we're faced with a myriad of challenges and questions. And has anyone actually got the key? How do we ensure that patients remain at the heart of every interaction? And what drives the healthcare industry to embrace this transformation? And how can healthcare providers effectively execute their digital front door strategies? Today on the show, Nathan Moore from Talking Health Tech speaks with Nicole Nixon, CEO of Five Faces, a pioneer in patient experience solutions. And in this episode, we talk about what even is the digital front door in healthcare and why should we care? What's driving healthcare providers to embrace digital solutions for patient engagement? And what strategies can healthcare organizations employ to seamlessly transition from strategy to execution when implementing these solutions? Collaboration starts with a conversation, Team Health Tech. Let's make it up. This is Talking Health Tech with me, Peter Birch, featuring content and community about technology in healthcare. Between now and the end of June, we're conducting the 2024 Talking Health Tech audience survey. This helps us prioritize content, hone in key messages, and refine the show to make it even better. We also want to understand who the biggest cohorts of our audience are. So I'd love for you to take five or 10 minutes to have your say and complete the survey. Everyone who completes it goes in the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of THT Plus membership credits to put towards a membership for yourself as an individual or to help get the word out about your company. The link to complete the survey is in the show notes of this episode or just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey. Hi, Nicole. Thanks for joining us on Talking uh, Health Tech today. How are you going? Yeah, awesome, Nathan. How are you? Oh, look, fantastic, of course. Um, I, I guess I guess by starting, I'd, I'd love to unpack for our listeners a little bit about who you are. And, you know, in preparation for this interview, I was reviewing your bio and, and i got to say, it blew my mind and I learned a whole lot I didn't know. Um, so can you tell us a bit about how your diverse background, you know, Royal Australian Air Force, entertainment, manufacturing and a wealth of other things, how has that shaped your approach to leading five faces in the healthcare industry? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so you, you're right. It has been a really so, diverse background and I've just taken my career like one step at a time, like opportunities just arrive and I, I just take them. But it all started in the Air Force when I was 18 um, I grew up in a really small country town in Queensland, joined the Air Force, had some amazing experiences, specialised in Hercules, did some peacekeeping, peacekeeping trips and, you know, that, that one experience around working in Hercules and doing those type of deployments, I think, made me realise that anything's possible. If you come together as a team, you know, you can just all pull together and get something done. So nothing's kind of impossible. And I think I took that into every other career path that I did. So, you know, having a young, young family, I just did what I needed to do, but I never let um, any problems. Like I, had, I hadn't studied bookkeeping or accounting, but guess what? I ended up in an accounting role and you know, you just do it, you work it out, you make oh, it happen. <laughs> um, and then I went into, like you mentioned, entertainment, but that was, you know, distribution of, of music. Um, and then I went into business turnaround and, and it kind of all unfolded. The business turnaround role for me was really interesting. I just learned so much about so many different industries, about how different leaders operate 
um, the type of leader that I wanted to become, you know, because you learn so much about what you don't want to become as well. Um, and I think truly that has shaped me into the leader that I am today. Like yeah. I, I love having a team that loves coming to work. I love us all pulling together. There's no hierarchy. Um, and when we've got a problem, we sit down, we brainstorm, we get it done. Um, and I think that's how Five Faces operates. So I guess jumping into the, the Five Faces piece itself now. So we're sort of going through some of your materials. And I see a really common theme is this, this digital front door. So for our listeners who may not be familiar with the concept, you know, explain to us what, what is the digital front door in the context of healthcare? Yeah. So digital front door is just simply how patients access their healthcare. And they do it, you know, in the context of being able to do that digitally. It just starts with how how a patient starts scheduling their appointment, you know, instead of having to wait for a letter to come in the mail, um, ringing up, managing your appointment, going back and forth. It's just you have one place on your phone, you can manage your appointment. Um, and then if that appointment happens to be virtual, then you can do it from the same place. It's just like keeping everything simple in one place. Um, and I guess it just supports preferences of how people want to receive healthcare. Some people might prefer, you know, going in and standing at the counter, but there's also a, a large cohort of people who prefer not to. So yep. for me, it's just giving people access to the healthcare. Yeah, I love it. And, and that choice that comes with that access. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, so I guess, I mean, something that's obviously still fresh in all of our minds, you know, COVID-19 happened. Um, mm -hmm. And during that time, Five Faces made a really pivotal shift to focus on patient experience. And you know, I personally had the absolute pleasure of working with you and your team on a project. And I've got to say, during that turmoil, it, it was a really great experience. So can you give some insights to our listeners on, on how that shift was managed and what role the technologies played in ensuring the successful adoption of these technologies during what was a really challenging time where change fatigue was real and you know, people were overwhelmed. Like, how did you navigate that? It was a massive shift for Five Faces, but not just for Five Faces, for many vendors and for many yeah. organisations. I mean, you know, the whole working from home, doing things virtually, it kind of flipped everything on its head. But what was interesting was how people managed and how quickly people changed um, and how they, you know, adopted the QR code. I mean, that's so yeah. simple now, but it's just the norm now. Yeah. Um, you know, I think... How we managed it was we listened and we were available and we said, yes, we can do that. And I think in a yeah. time like that, it needs people to lean in. It needs people yeah. to sort of say, we can do that. You know, um, it seemed like a problem that was we would never have thought about beforehand. But I think creating that multidisciplinary team, working really closely with the health organisations, they're listening to the patients and just delivering something. It might not be perfect, but you're just yeah. getting it in because you need to know, you need to do things rapidly and fast. And I think for us, it was just saying yes, like yeah. just getting in and getting the job done and then doing whatever is required in the background to deliver. To work. No, and I, I've got to say that was the experience I had with you guys and it was yeah. kind of, all right, but can we do this? Like, yeah, yeah, we can. We can. We'll work it out, but we can. And, I, yeah, it's just that. That mindset of just getting it done. It yeah, I think that goes back to the Air Force days, you know, like there's yeah. a point where you've got to get it done. There was actually someone um, in New South Wales who said, this feels like a military deployment. And I said, it actually yeah. does feel like a military deployment. Yeah. 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 Sort of we're talking about these digital things. And I've got to say, you know, I've, you know, I've always been involved in the technology and the intersection of technology and healthcare and all those things. But it does feel like healthcare is more willing to adopt these technologies currently and it's been trending towards that for a little while so 
I mean, in your period, your opinion and experiences, like why do you think the healthcare industry is increasingly willing to embrace these sorts of digital technologies? Like, what what are the things that you're seeing as the driving factors for why they're doing it, particularly for the patient engagement piece you're dealing with? Yeah, well, there's a few things. There's are really practical things, but the main thing for me is that the consumer expectations have changed. Yeah. Yep. You know, like we're not going backwards. We've all been through, you know, the manual process and people no longer, it's not acceptable anymore not to have that digital option um, when accessing healthcare. I mean, I know I've got I've got four young adult children. If if they have to pick up the phone and speak to me or they have to book an appointment on the phone, like they, they would rather just not go. So they're managing the whole life. Yep. And I don't know about other people, but that's what, you know, yep. that's my experience. You know, And there's also, we also know the demand on clinicians and nurses is not decreasing either. So yep. um, we have to think about how we can make their life a little bit easier so they actually spend time with their patients doing important things, not those admin tasks, not the burden. Yeah. Um, and I guess, you know, that's the important part, spending that quality time with the patient. So if we can do things with technology that gives people options, allows the different cohorts of people to make choice about how they receive healthcare, and at the same time reducing the burden on the administrators, on the clinicians, on the doctors, spending quality time with the patients. The Talking Health Tech podcast has evolved a lot over the years, all based on audience feedback. Now I need your help, yes you, to shape the future of this show. Between now and the end of June, we're running our biggest campaign to date in order to understand what makes the global healthcare ecosystem tick. Last time we ran our Talking Health Tech audience survey, we learnt 40% of our audience are clinicians, 77% of our audience tune in for professional development and market awareness, 8% of people listen to Talking Health Tech for competitor profiling, and only 2% of people listen to the podcast to fall asleep. And this time around, I can't wait to find out about your preferences for audio versus video content, which topics we should dive into more, preferences for hosts and formats and geographical reach and so much more. And don't worry, we'll be sharing all the insights once all the responses are collected as well. So if you're a supporter of Talking Health Tech and you can spare five or 10 minutes, please complete our 2024 audience survey. And to say thanks for your input, everyone who completes the survey goes into the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of credits towards THT Plus membership. Go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey or the links in the show notes of this episode as well. I think that's probably one thing that's always stood out to me with your products, you know, I've known you guys for a while. Um, is We often see these technologies get crammed into spaces saying, you know, you adopt this thing, but it and it might help you, but in fact, it's adding to those burdens. I really love the way you guys seem to design with the end user in mind and it actually reducing that burden and genuinely the automations that you guys are able to drive and once that setup is there, just sort of low touch. Um, is, is that is that a by design thing? Have you found that challenging to incorporate? Because like, no, it's not I, what we see everywhere with vendors um, at no. all. Oh, well, thank yeah. you. Um, but I think because we actually, well, there is a couple of people in our organisation with health backgrounds, but when we started, we didn't have health experience. We actually come from a retail background. And I think that's really played into how we approach building technology. We we put the consumer first. We put the patient first. Yeah. And we think of it through their eyes. We're not doing it through the clinician's eyes. 
So I guess, you know, coming from the non-health background, bringing in that retail hospitality mindset of how does the person actually want to be treated, you know, when they're going through this service, if you like to call it a service. So, I mean, you mentioned briefly, like, I love that comment. This feels like a military um, operation. (laughs) Um, And but but I think there's something to unpack there because, you know, this moving from a strategic planning of an idea and a concept to actually executing it is really complex particularly yep. with digital healthcare solutions. I mean, from the successes you've seen out there, can you outline some effective strategies that healthcare providers or those listening could employ to ensure a seamless transition and, and successfully deploying these things? And I mean, in your context, from the digital front door, but just those high level, how can they be ready? How can they make sure this stuff actually works? I've, I've put a lot of thought into this because um, it's something that I think about all the time because and I, I think too often, like everyone tries to, create perfection and they, t- they take so long creating, trying to deliver the full end-to-end solution. It has to be perfect and then years go by before they even start and then by the time they start, the technology's aged. And so, yeah. you know, I, I think one bite at a time. Start with solving some simple problems but invest in technology that you know can scale and grow and um, with you. But like just starting with one small thing. And I mean, it has to start with a vision. It has to start with strategy. You know, every good business, every successful business has to have a strong strategy. You need to buy in from the employees. You need the buy in from the business more generally and have the budget. But um, don't wait until, you know, you've got every little problem solved. I think you've got to be really open to iterations in yeah. technology. Um, from, you know, everything that I know now is technology is changing so rapidly that if you implement something today, it's going to be very, very different in three years' time. So, like, just have the vision of the concept of you want it to be and just iterations, one bite at a time, solve small problems, you know, and I think that's how you've got to approach it. But the one important thing is don't make the mistake, which we've probably all been in the past, of just solving one problem with one piece of technology because then you end up with this big mess of disparate solutions. You sort of got to think about it a little more strategically and think how can all of these systems integrate. I mean, I think the term interoperability is getting a little old, but um, it's still so important, you know, to think about how it how it all comes together hmm. yeah and a hundred percent and that really rings true that not letting perfection get in the road of starting because um, mm-hmm. yeah there is no perfect solution and, and as you say this evolving landscape we're all working in um, as things change if anything we need to focus on just being able to be agile and adaptable to those mm-hmm. things because otherwise we're just going to be missing opportunities by sitting here planning for such long period of time so I, I love it I guess on yeah. that idea of, of the quick wins that you were sort of talking about there, yeah. you know, those little bite-sized pieces, I mean, for, for those listening, what are some of the quick wins or typical areas where you see your sorts of solutions can help to solve problems for our, for our providers? First thing that comes to mind, I guess, is um, digitising your forms and your paperwork. I mean, you know, as someone who supports someone going through, um, you know, a, an appointment, Rocking up to your appointment when you're there every week, um, getting your clipboard with paper and a pen and filling out information which you've told them 10 times before, you're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling stressed, um, you know, having that 
digitized form where maybe you can fill it out on your phone before you arrive. Yeah. Even better, it's pre-filled with information that the organization should already know and only filling in those questions that have to be answered every time. Like just creating that ability to be able to do it on your phone before you arrive. So when you arrive, it's just like a simple, easy transition, you know, in without... I just can't imagine if I was someone who was in there every single week and just getting the clipboard and, you know, having to fill out the paperwork. So that's one. And I guess the other one is like communication channels. Like how do yeah. you communicate with the patients? You know, does the patient yeah. have to pick up the phone and call? Imagine if you were someone who didn't speak English, yeah. um, if you were hearing impaired. Like how do you communicate? Creating those digital communication channels. So and it, it all of these things, the digitization of the forms and the um, digitization of the communication channels, they save admin time as well. It's, it's true. It's a real ROI. It's saving admin time. It can be templated. It can be based on triggers. So you're saving yeah. people time, reducing the stress on people having to communicate with the organization. So I think those two are really good starting points, to be honest. And I, I think that they're really it's really interesting because sort of to your point before about, you know, having a, have a broader vision, these quick wins, I can see some of those really enabling longer term um, successes okay. as well. You know, quality data in allows for ingestion and better planning. Um, streamlining those user experiences means hopefully, you know, less no shows and all those sorts of mm -hmm. parts, which has flow on effects. I mean, are there other, other long-term successes that you guys have seen or, or that you, you think mm -hmm. this could support? Oh, well, outside of making the appointment management process more efficient, you've got, you know, you, your long wait times, you know, you can eliminate them because because you're communicating with people. I mean, if they've gone and found another appointment somewhere else, you can um, actually allocate that, that appointment time to someone else. So just being able to communicate and not wait for someone just not to arrive. So we're reducing do not attend rates. We're reducing the long um wait times to get an appointment and then access to resources not it not just after your appointment but before your appointment so you can prepare and the readiness um be ready and you know in in the right mindset and when you leave because you've become so overwhelmed with the information provided with you on the day actually having information sent to you after the appointment as like reminders and giving you that warmth that you know people care because they're sending you the information after and not just like you walk out the door and here you are on your own um yeah. and i think the most important thing that wraps around all of that is keeping things really simple, keeping things intuitive, um, not yeah. overcomplicating it with clinical jargon, you know, like just really keep We'd never it do that, Nicole. We'd never. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, just speaking in the language of the people so they understand it, you know. Yeah. So, I guess, I guess being the pragmatic guy that I am, I mean, what a – like it's all well and good to have these ideas and, and you know, how we can streamline that process, but – Obviously, like there's capabilities and considerations that our providers and stuff need need to have in place to to ensure success. So, so, what are some of the things that people who want to implement a digital front door strategy should keep in mind, and how does Five Faces support them through that process? Well, I've got an example of of one of the clients that we work with actually. Right. Yep. Um, so, one of them is they worked in a really diverse. Um, area for with multiple demographics in the area so they implemented a solution to check in as they arrive at the hospital but realizing that only a small percentage of the people could actually 
comfortably use that solution. So they come to us and we implemented, you know, 18 different languages. We made that solution multilingual. So when they yeah. did check in, they could select their own language. They could check in. And again, that's putting the patient at the center. And it's not just the patient, you know, it's the loved ones, it's the visitors, it's everyone that comes around to support them as well. So thinking about that, you know, like a multi, uh, a multilingual, um, solution but the other thing to make it successful is to create a dedicated team i think if an organization um believes in their strategy believes in the vision if they can create a dedicated team to rolling out that solution because you can't go the big bang approach you can't just go okay this whole hospital is going to have this solution in place you do do it clinic by clinic by clinic and by having that dedicated team, they become the internal champions. They're listening to yeah. the feedback from the people on the floor. They can come back and make those slight iterations that might be required, you know, across multiple things. And, you know, they become the change champions. So I think that that's also a really important thing to help. Um, and working in partnership with your technology provider, I think, becoming one team. Like, it's not like an us and them, like have your discussions every day, like have that open communication, build relationships, um, yeah. build relationships of trust, you know, ask favours, do things. Like that should be expected of vendors now. It shouldn't be like this is what you're getting. It's not changing. We're not agile. You know, it should be like you guys should expect more. Like it should yeah. be a relationship, but it does go both ways, you know. Yeah. There has to be that dedicated team. Yeah, that, that, that quarantining the time, I really, in my own experience, has been a real make or break. It doesn't matter how good a solution is, sometimes if you don't have the people to support its actual integration into a complex system destined mm-hmm. to fail. So, no, absolutely. absolutely fantastic. So, I guess, like, looking beyond just the digital front door or, or today's version of the digital front door, shall we say, yeah. what do you envisage as the next steps or future developments in patient experience solutions in healthcare? And, and how are you guys working to stay ahead of in this evolving landscape, you know? People are expecting change. It's all evolving. Like, yeah. what do you see coming and how are you going to embrace that? Well, how we're embracing it is is we just keep talking. We just keep listening and we keep learning and we keep adapting. Our business has had like two major pivots in the last four years. And yeah. I think that we need to continue doing that. We can't just remain the same business that we were yesterday. We've got to continually look forward to the future. And the only way we can do that is listening to the problems and becoming problem solvers. Like it's not just having a product that's here and it's not going to change. So I think, you know, becoming problem solvers, I think that yeah. that's really important. And I think what what's coming next is I think yeah. for me it is removing those disparate systems. I think vendors working together in partnership to deliver the full end-to-end um, journey for a patient I think it's important. So I don't know if one vendor can do everything. So it's creating those relationships between vendors to like integrate, become interoperable. I think that's really important. Um, But more practically, I think, you know, making it seamless for the patient. So you're, you're managing your appointment on your phone. You've got your resources. You know where to park. And all of this information is being fed to you, you know, digitally. And you arrive at the hospital and then you've got a QR code and you scan it and then it starts pinging around. People know you've arrived. You start receiving messages saying, you know, your appointment's running late, go grab a coffee. And then you're seeing it integrate into your digital signage. So it becomes that um, transition between, you know, that digital front door into being in the physical environment, starting to see that. And thinking about mobile first options, I think, uh, unfortunately, hardware is um, going to become really old tech very fast. 
It's uh, yep. expensive. It needs to be installed. It needs to be maintained. And then technology is aging. So I think thinking about a mobile first approach is yep. um, probably very important. And it's going to go past mobile first. It's going to start then transitioning into AI and a whole heap of other future things. So I think we just got to uh, remaining agile, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and and the organisations not thinking that what they put in today is going to be exactly what they're going to have there in ten in ten years time. Like it has to be that investment that's ongoing. Like something yeah. really stood out from what you were saying there that 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 I you know having that architecture that is agile enough, but that the the user experience. So for the patients presenting, they're going to one space, and it doesn't matter where that extra. I mean, you guys are now integrated with Bindi Maps, and you've had there's lots of different systems that all talk together and working with those vendors, so that that the patient has one spot, but they you know mm-hmm. they know about their booking, they walk in, they find their way to the clinic or the coffee shop. It can have a million different systems behind it making that work. But the user experience should be streamlined in that single place. They shouldn't have to go looking. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. I think they shouldn't worry that there's a whole heap of disparate systems and different things because it is Mm. complex. Let's not pretend it's not complex. It is. So I think having that one place for a patient to go, they should, everything should be in one spot, you know, give them the information they need and not walk into the hospital, like not knowing where to go, what to do, who to speak to. Like they should have everything in their hands, in their palm, in their mobile phone. All right, well, look, I mean, that that is everything I had prepared. Is there anything that we haven't unpacked you'd like to let our listeners know about five faces or any final thoughts you have? Just like advice as a as a health consumer, not as a clinician, is think about the the soft touch points. You know, like you're going into a hospital, you're either you're stressed. It might be the first time that you've gone in for an appointment. It might be the tenth time you've gone in for an appointment. No matter what happens, for some reason you're going to be feeling stressed and quite vulnerable. So, like, give them that warm hug. You know, whether it's a digital warm hug or all those soft touch points. Don't assume that um, patients are feeling confident and they know what to do when they arrive. So, I think. That's what comes back to the digital front door, I guess, like help these patients prepare and feel like they're not just a number when they come into the hospital, like give them a hug. (laughs) Yeah, no, a hundred percent. So many times I've had some of the best advice I got in the early days, just because it's a day like for a clinician, it's a usual day for you. Mm -hmm. It's probably the worst day of the person you're looking after's life. And, trying yeah. to always and not that. just them, but their but their yeah. loved ones as well. Yeah. You know, their loved ones, the visitors. You know, there's this whole group of people. Yeah, I totally agree, Nathan. All right. Well, look, thank you so much for your time, Nicole. I've had an absolute blast. All the best. And uh, yeah, catch you next time. Awesome. Thanks, Nathan. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end of this episode. If you made it this far, you're the perfect person that I want to hear from. Our THT Plus audience survey is now open until the end of June. And I personally read every submission. In fact, if you leave a comment in the survey that you heard this promotion in a podcast episode, I promise I'll reply directly to you by email with a personal note of thanks. And I'll even buy your coffee next time I see you in person. It's pretty easy. Just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey and have your say. For more content and community about technology and healthcare, visit talkinghealthtech.com. 